This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you v- say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. This is the Center in the Saint. Now here's late night drunk diner Luke Anderson. Sociopaths Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Hey, 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 happy Saturday morning, everybody. Thank you for joining our silly little radio show. Silly? What? It's not silly. It's serious. our, Our hot take news breaking very serious and sophisticated radio program we thank you for joining us make oh. a part of your day to be with us it's huge british open talk i know just a lot of it i know i missed last week did you guys do the big preview for the british open or do we oh. need to go back and do it it's technically the open championship right it's sure. the oldest tournament in golf oh is it that's the oldest open tournament yeah it's older than the u.s open they started golf over there in the british isles did they yeah. It's well, was Scotland. it a thing to do when they got drunk? Were they just like, we got to do something active when we get drunk? Well, no, because they were always drunk. So it wasn't like, you know, a, a state that you would work towards is more of maintaining drunk. And it's like, well, you're drunk. You needed something to do. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get away from our wives. That was pretty good. Oh, not bad. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with that. So. Well, that's right off the cuff. Just like this. Now, I have a very unpopular opinion about the British Open that I... The uh, Open Championship. Yeah, sure. The sure. That I bounced off Mr. Ryan Buckley, producer of Dusty and Cam, the other day, and he said oh, this is Buck. not a good opinion. Okay. Okay. People pretend to like this tournament, even though it is crap golf. What do you mean? How? Why would you say that? This is crap golf. This is, this is the birthplace of golf. This is where golf was invented. This goes back to the great days of yore. Yeah, this is crap golf, dude. It's bad weather. The course sucks. Uh-huh. Everybody plays like crap. The course does not suck. The course does not present well on television. That's the thing about these old windswept Lynx courses out there in the British Isles. Anybody that I've talked to that's ever been to these courses say they're just amazing. And this is what it looks like down in Bandon. It's Lynx-style golf along the water. It's challenging because it's windy. You never know when you're going to get a bit of a, a swell coming in off the water. And you could end up, uh, you know, pointing out a few holes in the rain. We're in the Northwest. Why do you hate crap weather? 
I just hate crap weather in golf because it basically just takes down the level of play. Like I, I made ah. this association. I said, look, I, and this is my opinion about college to pro sports is that, look, I'm not going to watch college basketball when I know the NBA is far better and it's far more entertaining to watch. Like going from watching a pro game to watching college is infuriating to watch them sure. just dribble out a shot clock. Yeah, so you're saying this is dribbling out a shot clock version of golf. Yeah, pretty much. This compared to the Masters or the U.S. Open is just dribbling the shot clock out. See, see, now that's the big deal. The Masters especially. More than anything else, the Masters is made for television. They spend half of the year not playing golf on that golf course to get ready for the tournament to make sure that everything is perfect. It's beautiful. It, it, it is, Well, I mean, it's, it is the exact opposite. But how much of the Masters did you watch this year? Actually, I watched the entire last day because <laughs> of Tiger Woods. Well, there you go. It was that exciting. Well, I'll tell you, that is picturesque and it's beautiful. But here's here's the thing about golf that's fun. So the reason I was gone last week, I was in Texas. Me and, oh. me and my buddy played a ton of golf when we were down there. It is very, very different playing golf in Texas, as you would imagine, than playing in the Northwest. The Why? Ball, you, okay, would you like to hear the reason? I but, would. I'm curious. Uh, for one thing... The ball rolls out way further. So if you hit the ball versus, you know, hitting it on the, it's a different type of grass up here, but usually there's a lot more moisture on the grass here in the Pacific Northwest. Man, you hit a ball in the fairway and it's got any sort of bend to it. It's just going to roll out another 40 yards to the point where you're like, all right, there's no obstacles anywhere near. I have no idea where that ball is because hmm. it rolls out so far. The other thing, so we started in Dallas. We drove down to Laredo. Ah. For a wedding. We did not golf in Laredo, but we golfed in Austin. We golfed in San Antonio. In San Antonio and in Austin, none of the trees are taller than 30 feet. Everything is pretty short. So you hit it behind a tree in, you know, any of the courses locally. You're sitting behind a Douglas fir or a cedar tree or something that's going to grab your ball and throw it right back in your face. You hit it behind a tree in Texas. It's like, I don't know, just hit a seven iron. It'll go over it. No problem. I hate balls in my face. Nothing worse than balls in your face. Unless you want balls in your face. That's a good point. You know I'm just what? Saying. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. There's a ratio of balls in my to face. To all the people that like it, I apologize. Yeah. That was an unfair comment. This is an I... inclusive show. Very, very good point. Now, how's the quarter zip game out there? The quarter zip? Not a lot of quarter zips rocking. It was very hot. You know that it's July. I know it's July. What do they wear out there for golf? Is it the same here? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's short sleeves. Or uh, they wear cowboy shorts boots. And, nobody's, wearing, nobody's wearing cowboy boots, but we did play around in San Antonio, and a couple guys, we got a little backed up. The guys in front of us playing really slow, and two guys joined us. They were both playing as singles, and so we did, like, the quick introduction, and the guy, to remember everybody's name, just goes around. He's like, all right, so we got we got Luke Bryan, we got uh, Jason Owen, Jason Aldean, we got Sam Turner, and we got Josh Tucker. I don't know what the guys' names were, but he listed all country artists was the little memory trick that he used to remember everybody in the group's name because we all played together for the first time. That was fun. The better part, though, after uh, a round in Austin, me and my buddy, we realized we've been there two days. We're like, dude, we haven't had a barbecue yet. We should probably find a place. For barbecue. Mm. So we asked a guy in the clubhouse, hey, uh, you know, just looking for a good barbecue place around here. So he starts listening off a couple places. His buddy comes over. Hi, y'all talking barbecue? Yeah, we are. So he throws in a couple places. Guy from the other room comes in. I heard y'all talking barbecue. Throws in his couple recommendations. We go out to the parking lot. Every word of this is true. The guy in the car next to us has my buddy roll down the window and he goes, 
I heard y'all were talking barbecue. It's got to throw in his places. Everywhere we went, people were happy to make recommendations. The people could not have been nicer, but jumping out of the woodwork. Hey, y'all talking barbecue? See, I think it's okay out there yeah. to be that obsessed with barbecue. It's like that's really, the equivalent. It is really good. That's the equivalent of here where people talk about their craft beers. See, that's what we were trying to figure out what it was. We figured it was either craft beer or strip clubs. It's craft beers, I okay. think, here. And I think that when I meet people out here that are obsessed with barbecue, it nauseates me just a smidge. <laughs> just move to Texas. Yeah, just go to Texas and get the <laughs> hell out. I'm tired of it. Well, let me tell you, I browned this brisket to it. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares around here. Nobody in Portland Metro cares. No, go to Texas. Yeah, get your brisket out of my face. Yeah. I, I will say that the barbecue is the, the brisket and the beef rib because you don't get pork in Texas. Go mm. to Memphis or go to go to Kansas City if you want your pork rib. Now, I heard that the Kansas City is just all sorts of loopy barbecue. People are like, oh, it's stupid. It sucks. Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Mm. Yeah. You get, you get your, your pork or you get your baby backs down there in Kansas City. Those are really good. Burnt ends. That's what was really good in Kansas City. But beef, man, they know how to cook a cow down there in Texas. It was delicious, delightful, and delicious. Five five three zero five. Better you today. Text line. The open is like the NBA playoffs. Putting up peach baskets. Wait, what? So you were saying all of a sudden they switched to peach baskets? Yeah. All right. Is that all? <laughs> kind of is. I mean, that's pretty much what I've noticed is the main theme of the open is that it's quarter zips, white guys, Tiger yeah. Woods, crappy golf. No, there is no Tiger Woods. He's done. He did not make the cut. And apparently, it's because he's old. I didn't get that from the clip. I don't think he cares about golf anymore. I think you agree with me on that. Yeah, he doesn't care. I think he won his last major, and I think he's just kind of now coasting and saying, well, if I win another one, I win another one, and I'll have lifetime endorsements, so who cares? Yeah, he's fine. He's the last Nike guy with equipment. Like, Rory almost got on that bandwagon, but... Tiger Woods was there when Nike made a golf division for Tiger Woods. Now they're out. They're not making equipment or anything. Tiger's fine for life. But a lot of people dwelled on the comments, and I saw a lot of headlines or opinion pieces built around the Tiger Woods comments where he was saying, oh, he's old and just doesn't have it anymore. He also talked about, like, going back and running around to soccer games and stuff. Part of the reason he doesn't put in the practice, yes, is his body. The other part is, I don't think he cares nearly as much as he used to. Which, He's like, way, I was a terrible dad for a really long time, yeah. and now I'm going to be an okay dad. Good for you, Tiger. Like, by the way, dude, that guy can't go to soccer games. Oh, sure he can. But he'll get mobbed. Wait. Isn't Every he, freaking kid's soccer what, game he goes to. Isn't is he a single guy? Well, he's a single guy, but think about it. You got two groups of people that are going to get at him. It's going to be the moms, right? You think he's mad about that? I mean, think he was with Perkins and Hooters waitresses to ruin his first marriage. So he's going to be rolling in soccer moms, and then he's got golf bros who will just be like drooling all over him, asking Mm -hmm. about all this. Like you can't be bothered. Yeah, he can. Here's the thing. He probably lives in the uh, Richie Richardson neighborhood down there in Jupiter, Florida, or wherever he's at. Mm. And he surrounds himself with... Uh, with other li- richers? Yeah, other richers. <laughs> so you got the uh, trophy wives, and then you got the golf bro guys, but they also, they're all like, Tiger, I wonder if you can help me with my nine iron, help you out with some insider trading. What do you say? Pretty good deal. Tiger, do you know where I could get a good massage? <laughs> no, no, I think they're suggesting massage. Places. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, hey. Listen, I know Robert gave you a massage place. I've got a better one, more discreet. You're going to be fine. 
Yeah, that's probably true that he uh, hangs out a lot of, around a lot of celebrities. Now, I remember reading this piece. Well, not even celebrities. I think just rich guys. Yeah. Guys with more money than celebrities that are nobodies. I think that's the life he wants. Well, so I, I remember reading this piece in the New York Times about him uh, when he was trying to make his comeback. And they were kind of talking about how he is this socially kind of lost person. Yeah. And that, like, you know, he can't really find his way into a social group. And they were like, you know, one thing that he did during, you know, whatever offseason he took, he went and he trained with, like, Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. which yep. was, it, I remember that. Yeah, which was interesting to me. And so then I, I think about that, and I'm like, how the hell does this guy fit in socially with any group, even rich dudes? Like, this guy can't hang out around rich dudes. He's going to be so tempted at soccer games with all those soccer moms around. Yeah. Like, this is this is not a good situation for oh, Tiger I think, Woods. Oh, I think he's okay there. Did you hear what his regiment used to be, though? It was, I would practice for four hours, then I would go and play 36 holes, then I'd go and run five to ten miles. I mean, that's all he did for... Then I'd screw waitresses. Well, listen, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. He's like, he's like, oh, I could use this celebrity that I've gained uh, to, you know... Do you think so? Because you tell me that regiment, and it's like, well, where does he fit in all the strange? I, I, again, I don't think that he was actively going out and trying to set up the best situation for the strange. That's what got him in the trouble. You think he had, like, an assistant? No, I think he went into the the Perkins and went, oh, yeah, you, oh, really? This is going to work? All right. <laughs> I think that's about how it went. Or maybe before he even had kids or kids that played soccer, he just trolled soccer games. Well, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah that one's mine. Anyway, what's your number? Wasn't uh, Elon Nordgren, <laughs> or Nordgren, whatever her name is, his first wife was the nanny for one of the other golfers. Like, he Ooh, pulled her somebody. That's creepy. That's I'm pretty sure that's the story. He's kind of a predator. That, that's not what I'm saying. Well... She wasn't being nannied. She was a nanny. Ooh. Jeez. Tiger was nannying her. Hey -oh. I don't even know what that means. Zinger. Zinger. Hey, guess what happens next week? Uh, more summer. Not for everybody. Summer's over for a select group of athletes, and those are NFL players reporting to camp. It's almost football time. No? Pac-12 Media Week. It's almost football time. Let's start the show by talking some football. Huh? When was the last time we did that? Will? It's been a while. Football kicks it off next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Every day like a Mardi Gras. All right, welcome back. Rookies. Rookies report tomorrow. Ooh. For NFL training camp. Time to roast him. Uh, Hayes. the rookies. I think Hayes the rookies. Hayes is the rookies. I don't think they do that anymore. They're not oh, allowed, yeah, they They're do. not allowed to contact one another on the practice field. I doubt they're allowed to, you know, put a bunch of soap in a pillowcase and start swinging it around. I think that's probably off limits. Just beat the crap out of them. Well, I mean, hey, <laughs> you've heard Cam's story. No. Just lost an eye. Oh, he did? Yeah. A sock full of pennies or something? Ridiculous. Yeah, that was a big old, big old deal when you take the eye out of a tight end. These guys are worth too much money for hazing, I'm guessing. That's why they report early, so they could set up their own pecking order before all the veterans get there. He got hit by a sock full of pennies? You can look it up. It's Cam's story. It's not mine. I'll let him tell it. Why? I, hazing. I think, he, I think he pissed someone off. 
hazing. No, dude, that's not hazing. That's you pissed somebody off enough no. that they were like, oh, it's go time. No, it was one of those gauntlet things where you run down and all the rookies get, you know, smacked running through the gauntlet. I think he took, uh, took a shot to the eye. Wait, hold on a second. So they make a gauntlet of Yeah, they line up the pouches. hallways. What's that? They make a gauntlet of penny pouches and you run through it and people just smack you. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That that does not sound realistic. Okay. You can look it up or you can talk to him. He works in the building. Or is it? are you getting it confused where all the dudes stand on stools and they get their real pouches out and you run through those? Is that how you did it at Oregon State? <laughs> that would you imagine? How they did down in beaver country? Dude, I would quit. I'd be done. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's hazing. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm done then. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to go play lacrosse. <laughs> Look, rookie, everybody's done it before you. You get in there and you get your face in it. No. Get your face in our pouches. Whoa. I don't want to do that. Man, you get some of the... Every year, there's one of those stories where you're like, how was that considered hazing? There's always awful things that come there. No good can come from it. Hopefully, the NFL cracked down, just like they did on Tyreek Hill. Or... What? Maybe not. That didn't sound right. So, Tyreek Hill, uh, all of the investigation into the child abuse, uh, there will be no charges. The records are sealed from the uh, the area police department. Mm. NFL will not, they don't have enough evidence, will not have any sort of suspension, and the Kansas City Chiefs are welcoming back with open arms. Camp opens for them on the 26th. The most awful part of this whole thing is if, if you've actually watched ESPN and Sports Center when they've been covering this, the photo they've been using to show Tyree Kill is him like mid helmet ripoff, like with his tongue like licking his lips. It, it's very selective. Like there's a lot of pictures. If you go on Getty or you know, you Whatever. Say there's a million photos, places to get pictures. There's a lot of photos of his face close up where he just looks like a normal human being. Yeah. ESPN chose to get the picture of Tyree Kill licking his lips while they detail his alleged child abuse. It's kind of weird. So how, how does this sit for you? Because I'm kind of on the fence about it, where there's the element you have the Kareem Hunt incident, which he's on video kicking a woman. Um, but he gets released. He gets picked up. Now he's going to be on you know a team that's rising. He's going to serve his suspension and be back, play for the Browns. And... Now you've got a, a former player that is is playing against you, a very good player. Tyreek Hill is one of the more dangerous weapons in the NFL. And the Kansas City Chiefs, if they make the same decision they did on Kareem Hunt, he's going to get picked up by another team almost immediately. So I feel like the Chiefs as an organization are in kind of a no-win. They could go and you know put their own punishment on it if they wanted to, but it looks like they're not going to choose to do that. But... At the same time, this is kind of what we've asked for from Roger Goodell, where it's, all right, let the police do their job. But if there's, you know, there's no arrest, there's no conviction, then just let the guys go back and play football. Here's an interesting tweet that was from ProFootballTalk.com, and I think this is something that's valid to consider when you're talking about the NFL's rules and regulations for suspending players or what 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 type of what type of credentials they they need someone to have in order to go you're suspended so this was their tweet one hour ago the tv ratings crisis of 2016-17 caused the nfl to stop finding reasons to suspend players in 2019 
Tom Brady wouldn't have been suspended for Aaron footballs, and the NFL would have listened to an investigator's recommendation that Ezekiel Elliott shouldn't be suspended. I think this is an extremely intriguing idea in that you're now finally coming to the apex of what the NFL has tried to be for the last, what, two decades since Paul Tagliabue left, which is, what are we? Are we a business or are we the moral police? And Roger Goodell came in and he goes, look, I'm going to protect the shield. I'm going to make sure these players are acting right. That's the one thing that I want to make sure I do. But at the end of the day, every effort that he's made to do that has always been beaten back by the idea that this is a business. We have to make money. You can't suspend these players. You can't suspend Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes millions of dollars in TV revenue when people want to watch Patriot games. You can't suspend Tyree Kill. Are you joking me? Who's Patrick Mahomes going to throw to? Yeah. Yeah, you just you wait until your hand is forced and you let the authorities do it. But that's not the only overcorrection that they made. And, and a big part of the reason that the NFL had, a lot of people think the NFL had a ratings crisis, was the kneeling protest. Mm. And that goes exactly in line with what you were saying, how the NFL tried to not only be the moral compass, they tried to be family entertainment. They tried to put their arms around the veteran uh, um population in the country the breadbasket they, they, they did they, yeah. they marketed very much to that middle but, america but you realize that your identity should just be football i mean for a long time the reason that we didn't have to worry about protests or anything going on is the players were never there for the anthem they just weren't out there and then people looked into it a little bit further and you realize that these salute to military is a pay for play uh, uh, opportunity. The military pays a lot of money in advertising dollars to the NFL to be out there. So it's the idea that just, if you just go back to just playing football and make sure your best football players are out there and go, hey, that's not our decision, might be the best move for the NFL. But at the same time, you have to also consider the other league that is competing for ad dollars and also attendance dollars with you right now, which is the NBA. And the NBA is NBA's third, though. The NBA is behind Major League Baseball in it, revenue by quite a bit. Uh, I, revenue. Revenue. Yeah, I yeah. know popularity and social yeah. clout, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So anyway, let's <laughs> forget about that. Um so the NBA is the complete antithesis of what the NFL is, which is even just the logos, right? Mm-hmm. One's the shield. The other one's an actual basketball player. And that's indicative of the NBA. It's a player's league. And so the NBA says, look, we're going to play basketball as basketball, but we're going to have the player's interests in mind overall. But we're also going to have a moral compass. And we're going to have kind of this conversation between the players, the owners and the commissioner. And it's going to be kind of an open conversation about any issues that happen. The, the Donald Sterling uh, incident was a perfect example because it was a, a conversation with Chris Paul, who I think was the leader of the players association at the time, Adam Silver and you know, Adam Silver, what he was like a week into the job. Yeah. It's and, like, Hey, welcome aboard. Yeah. And the owners where it was just kind of like, okay, what do we all want to do about this? You don't have that in the NFL, in the NFL. It's basically people arguing about money, concussions and domestic violence constantly and the flag. Well, sure. I understand that. But also the, the in-game viewing for an NFL game is an entirely different experience than it is for the NBA. The NBA plays a lot of basketball that doesn't mean a whole lot. No, there's a lot of games and pick a night in March, uh, you know, where you've got a lot of teams that are playing for the bottom of the league and you've got a few teams jockeying for playoff position, but there's a lot of games that don't matter in the NFL or in the NBA NFL. Every game matters. 
And just because the NBA is doing something that's working doesn't mean not doing it is the wrong thing to do. The NFL can have their own identity. They don't need to be this players league, but at the same time, they don't need to punish players. The the move that they made to allow celebrations in the end zone, great move because it doesn't hurt the NFL. If anything, it adds a bit of the flair that the NBA has in it. Let your players go on social media and let Antonio Brown go out and make a fool of himself. You're seeing more and more holdouts. Ezekiel Elliott is talking about holding out with two years left on his contract. If Ezekiel Elliott misses a year in the NFL, is that going to affect viewership? Maybe. I I don't think it is. Cowboys. Le'Veon Bell. Plays for the other the other America's team. Dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a huge following. They're, I'm not saying that they are the Cowboys, but they, they've won a lot of championships. They've been in a lot of it. Le'Veon Bell was one of the most dynamic running backs. He missed a league. His backup, James Conner, was damn near a pro bowler had he not got hurt at the end of the year. He was a very had a very, very good year. Ezekiel Elliott will will not be missed nearly as much as they think people think he will. Mm. Just saying. I don't know about that. If he decides to hold out for the season, I'm just saying we have recent history. Adrian Peterson was on the exempt list for a year for child abuse, and he came back like it was nothing. But that's also Peterson. What he was playing for the Vikings at that point. I think the Cowboys. It's always different. I understand. It's America's team. You got. And I didn't really realize it for a long time until I started realizing more and more how many Cowboy fans there are all over the country. It's. It still is a thing. I know they're like almost double. Of, they're almost double the next fan base. If yeah, you look at like Facebook or whatever. You almost want to think that it's like New England now. They're kind of taking their place just because those fans are so poisonous. But like it, it, it it's the Cowboys. It's yep. a big deal. It is. It is. It's but a huge, huge, big, darn deal. But the Cowboys, the Cowboys are bigger than any player. Are they bigger than those ridiculous putters that people use? The long, the long, the long putter. Yeah, what do they call them? The broomstick. Now, Harold, were they going to outlaw Harold, those? You can't anchor it to your body, so you can't put like the base of the club into your chest. It has to be away from your body. So it has to be outside of your body. Harold, you can't put it inside. Harold uses one. Does he really? Yeah, that's what you need. What's to the advantage? Uh, stability, and just putting's all about comfort. So if you had experience C- sweeping. You'd probably be good. Could you imagine somebody doing that in tennis? That's your sport, right? Oh, like a huge stick. They put like a long handle. So they hold it like a hockey stick. Go Darth Maul. You have uh, <laughs> rackets on both sides. Yeah. It's like a, 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 what do they call them? Uh, I can't think of it now. Rackets? Yeah, but a two-handed racket. What's the thing where you, you have the giant Q-tips? You're trying to knock each other off of the thing. Like American oh, Gladiators. the American Gladiator thing. Yeah. yeah, what was that called? Uh... I think uh, battalion. Don't think that's right. No, it's not. That was a guess. Uh, <laughs> American gla- gladiator. We got in the NBA a little bit there. Q-tip things. Things. Pugilist. Pu- Pugilist. Puge. Ooh, I don't want those. Whoa. Whoa. What's that a picture of? Q-tip style joust poles. Joust. Oh, that's what they're called. Now that's on Amazon, it's and jousting. you can purchase yourself some. All right. Uh, and there's a very attractive couple uh, hitting each other, and they look like they're having just a good time. Though I'm going to say this couple looks like they're having trouble in their marriage, and this is like something the therapist suggested. Hey, nothing wrong with that. If it, hey, if it saves the marriage, it's worth it. And I'll give you two guesses as to what company produces these. 
two guesses to what company. Um, yeah, and it's a popular company, by the way. No, I'm, I honestly have no idea, but Franklin maybe and Spalding. Okay, you're kind of close. Uh, Sharper image. <laughs> no, I'm not kind of close at all. It's kind of close. I guess. The Sharper image inflatable wow. push bumpers sparring for two players. All right. That's fantastic. Fun party game for adults, bouncy combat, backyard, park, or beach. Would you agree that this is the greatest offseason in NBA history from a interest standpoint? Oof. I don't know, man. Okay, well. These sharper image bouncy things are pretty sweet. Okay, so if it's not, James Harden just made a promise of something that he's working on for next year to make him a better player, and you are going to hate it. I will tell you what that promise is right after this. All right, welcome back. Luke Anderson, Will Darkens with you. Beautiful Saturday morning here in Stumptown. So James Harden, uh, one of the more polarizing players in the NBA. If you're one of those uh, guys out there just watches soccer and Major League Baseball and don't follow the NBA, James Harden, big ugly beard, looks like he's traveling on just about every play. So what's for you, Mike Lynch? Mike uh, really doesn't watch much NBA. Yeah. And I don't know if we're, like, revealing something bad about him, but, like, he really doesn't, and it's infuriating. It upsets you that he doesn't watch enough NBA? Well, like, the other day, he was doing a Facebook post for the fan, and he did it about some really obscure baseball thing, and I just kind of wanted to, like, grab him and shake him and be like, no one cares about that right now. It's the middle of baseball season. Basketball season's over, bro. Dude, football, 49 days away. No, I mean, this week we get training camp news. Aren't you excited? Big time. Things are going to happen. People are going to start tearing ACLs. There's already an ACL tear for the Packers. Did you see that one? Ooh. Oh, they're coaching. Oh, that guy, yeah. <laughs> He's playing, playing bump. Now, what's your favorite training camp B-roll? Is it running backs going through the gauntlet of pads, or is it coach and quarterback kind of talking to each other while the quarterback warms his arm up? Uh, it, it's the wide receiver lazy jog holding the helmet under their arm where they're yeah. just running back to something because they all have the weird, it's a weird prance that they do. And it's always very similar, very short strided top, very much on the toes. Yeah. You know, the one you're doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite one, but it's always, you know, it's somewhere between like, Oh man, I haven't done this much running in a while. And, uh, I don't care to be where I'm supposed to be. That's my that's my favorite beer. My favorite one might be when there's a quarterback controversy, they show the two warming up together, or oh, it's them side-by-side yeah. side taking snaps. I, I, I prefer the throwing, but I always like it when the uh, the expected starter almost never has their chin strap on or they're like, they'll have like the rib cage protector. Yeah. That's always loose hanging out of their back, and they're just spinning the ball just like as effortly as they can. Meanwhile, backup quarterback guy incumbent ready to take over the role, Daniel Jones, if you will, mm. chin strap is tightened up. Jersey's on point stepping in and through every throw. Yeah. That's a good one. Sack in his face. What now? You Sorry, think what? Jones gets the sack <laughs> gauntlet? I'm sure that he does. I mean, those are going to be some pretty tall stools. Cause that guy's like six, six. Again, this is referencing back to... You do, don't need, people don't need to know. Just well, know they that, do, because no. this is important. Well, it's hazing. You're an idiot. It is hazing. So, And if they're going to run through the sack gauntlet, I feel bad. Yeah, no, 
You should. Breaking news. Daniel Jones is retiring from football. This was after hazing week. Just know that that tradition started (laughs) when Will Darkens was an upperclassman at Oregon State. He's like, guys, guys, I have an idea. I'm going to really haze these guys. All right, guys, drop your your shorts. We're all going to stand on stools. Do they stand on two stools, like one leg on each, and then you have to run through... Like between their legs, like and you have to hold the ball with both hands, like you're you're going through a serious gauntlet. <laughs> it's <laughs> yikes! What is wrong with you? I'm just saying, I it would make me retire. So James Harden, <clears throat> James Harden, is at uh, you know fan event. He's talking with some kiddos. Uh, you know, 10, 12 year old kids, whatever. They're all sitting around a table. They get some FaceTime with James Harden. That's pretty cool, right? So one of the kids, brazen young punk, mm. asked James Harden why he travels when he does his step back jumpers. Dude, the ball's on that kid. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Great question, right? And Harden goes into a whole thing about how it's not traveling. If it was traveling, the officials would call it. Which, you know, fair argument. And James Harden, James Harden, you don't hear him talk that much. I actually kind of liked him in this clip. So he, he does that. He says that. And he goes, this year I'm working on something more creative that looks like a travel, but it's not. So James Harden just promised through this kid that he's working on a move, another move that looks like traveling, but promised that it's not. He said, if it doesn't get called, he will continue to do it. James Harden is doubling down on the thing that makes him the most infuriating to watch as an NBA player. Yes, he's going to travel. Yeah, well, it's not traveling if they don't call it. I mean, let's just be really honest with ourselves. Like, the NBA carries every play. Well, sure. They're always carrying. Yes, but again, to his point, if you don't call it, it's not a foul. Don't call it, it's not a carry. Don't call it, it's not a travel. So, this is what James Harden said. He said, you have to find ways to create an advantage every single year. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not traveling. This year, I'm going to work on something that is more creative. It's going to look like travel, but it's not. Honestly, even when I was on tour in Europe, China, or even I'm here in the U.S., I see kids uh, your age pointing to these kids. He says, working on the step back, working on moves, because it's going to gain you the opportunity to be better than the rest of your peers. And that's what I'm looking for. So in some respects, he's going, hey, I'm just trying to find an advantage. And if I'm willing to do it and willing to take on this criticism, one of the biggest things for success is not caring what other people think. So James Harden, for the first time in the history of James Harden, came across as likable for me by doubling down on the thing that I hate the most. I was shocked by this. Were you shocked by your reaction or yes, just James I, Harden? The, the way it made me feel, not by James Harden. James Harden was being James Harden. I just never, I always just kind of dismissed him as going, oh God, this guy is unbearable. But you have to kind of respect the fact that he goes, listen, I know everybody hates it. This little kid is asking me in this presser and he didn't get upset with the kid and go, oh man, I'm sick of people saying that. He goes, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. Not only am I going to do it, I'm going to do it worse next year and I'm going to get better because of it and it's going to piss more people off and I'm okay with that. You to know, me, I, I like it. I would get pissed off at James Harden for this because this is very James Harden and he's insufferable and every part of him and everything that he does is insufferable. And I'm not saying it's bad for the league. It's just annoying, stupid and a waste of time. But I don't because he sucks in the playoffs. He does. He is so bad in the playoffs. He is so bad (laughs) to the point 
that it almost makes me want to take him out of the running for top five player in the league. <laughs> like, I, I can't put him there. It's the same reason I had with Russell Westbrook like three years ago where I'm like, dude, that guy can't carry a team. If you win most valuable player, you should be able to carry a team. So don't tell me that he doesn't have enough pieces around him because that's BS. And he's had pieces around him, and he still managed to lose games and have things blow up in his face. Yeah, this year all the injuries were on, oh, the other team. Yes. Kevin Durant got injured against the Rockets. Yes, yeah. I, I just, you know what? So work on your, what you're saying yeah. is... Stop working on ways to travel or yeah. not travel. Start working on ways to be better in the playoffs. Or just on winning a playoff game. Just learn <laughs> hey, how to win a listen, game. They, Dude, went, to game, they went to game seven two years ago oh. of the Western Conference Finals. They've done more winning in in Houston with Chris Paul than Chris Paul has done in any other stop that he's had. So if anything, James Harden was kind of dragging him along. I will, uh, I will say I am kind of rooting for the Rockets to do well this year. I know that you expect it to be a complete blow up, and I'm okay with that too. And I'm not becoming a Rockets fan, and I'm not saying I'm putting the Rockets as my favorite. I'd like to see them do well just because everyone will be rooting against them. That is just about as unlikable tandem as you can possibly have. I think in the only Russell thing Westbrook and that will Harden. allow them to take the next step is if you have somebody get back. Get, well, yeah, of course. But I just, I mean, I, that's assumed. But, Just get Carmelo Anthony back. You'll be yeah. fine. The only thing that will allow them to take that next step is if James Harden takes control of a game late. Now, in game six of that series, right, what, two years ago yeah. um, against the Warriors, Chris Paul took control of the series, and he didn't do it by doing step-back three-pointers or anything like that. He freaking pressed the issue. Yep. He went into the paint. He drew defenders in. He passed it out to other players so they could take over the game. And every then he single, hurt his hamstring. Yeah, and then he hurt his <laughs> hamstring. But every single time James Harden has to try to win a yep. game, he always screws it up because he basically <laughs> plays like he does in the regular season, which everybody in the NBA knows it, and they just laugh their ass off about it. Go Rockets. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> Go Rockets. How many games do you think, or what do you think their record has to be at the All-Star break for Dan Tony to get the boot early? <laughs> uh, like 500? They, they're going to need to be in the 10 or 12 spot. They'll need to be well outside of the playoffs. I don't think the record matters as much as where they are. They need to be kind of looking down the gauntlet going, man, we're not better than the 10 teams ahead of us. I think if they have a losing season by the All-Star break, Dan Tony's gone. Oh, think, definitely. Yeah, yeah he, think, he has to be out. I think you're right. I mean, they made a yeah, they made a big big push. To yeah, this, this is it. Up. I mean, Daryl Morey said it during this latest offseason, which is he goes, "Look, everybody is on the trading block except for James Harden because we have to figure out a way to do this." Now, here's your chance, right? The team that always beats you, uh, you know, the team that always beats you. Which, by the way, you had the uh, league's MVP, so they probably shouldn't beat beats you. Beats every they beat everybody. They, they beat went everybody. Five straight. Oh, but I'm sorry, D don't you have the guy who's this? Uh, incredible scorer that people have compared to Michael Jordan. Oh, but no, no, he needs another player to help him out yeah, to yeah. try to beat this team. Yeah, this is your chance. Good versus evil. Next, Center and Saint right here on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> 
Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Uh, no, I don't see any uh, no context you should know about that. I, I don't think it was anything that was um, anything new or anything of a bombshell. It's things that that uh, many of you all have understand and have written about. That was Angry Dad at Costco, whose son dropped the watermelons, and now the whole family has to go back and pick new watermelons. Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head coach, made what some consider some controversial comments about Ohio State head coach and domestic abuse sympathizer Urban Meyer during the Athletics TK Show podcast. Harbaugh says, "Quote unquote, controversy follows everywhere he's been," which is kind of a weird way to say. He, he's always had controversy with it. I don't know. That's a weird way to say that. Well, you said it really weird. Well, that's you read it. That's like the it, quote. You read it like an NBA player on NBA 2K. That's a deep tease. Yes, it is. Controversy follows everywhere he's been. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find anything scandalous about what Harbaugh said? No. 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 You called him a uh, domestic violence sympathizer. Sympathizer. Yes, Meyer. Uh, yes. It, well, that's accurate. Um, uh, he also had uh, murderers on his team. Six years at Florida. I think it was 31 arrests for his players. Um, yeah. No. It's. I think. I think that's fair. Um, but he did bring Tim Tebow closer to God. Well. <laughs> but the argument. The argument against Harbaugh is it's like, well, bro, you never beat him. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, yeah, but he always beat you at football. Yeah. Okay. He's a very good football coach. That's part of the quote. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, I I want to do things the right way is, is what he should have said uh, to follow it up. But he kind of did. It's just it's all fragmented because people keep bringing this quote back up to him. But I don't remember there being a whole lot of controversy on any of, of Harbaugh's team except for Alex Smith getting benched for Colin Kaepernick before he started to protest the anthem. That's the one thing you can say about Jim Harbaugh is that there's not a lot of uh, controversy around his teams. I would say the problem is OKC might have to give up something right. to, to get off of that contract. And this is a case of Chris Paul, the president of the Players Union, doing such a great job that Chris Paul, the still very good point guard, is difficult to trade because he was able to get that fourth year on the contract. That was ESPN summer B-leaguer Tim McMahon on the jump this week. Apparently, the Oklahoma City Thunder are planning to start the season with Chris Paul on the roster. After trade talks with the Miami Heat fell through, Cliff Paul's younger brother has uh, was acquired in the trade that sent Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. And obviously, that doesn't really align with what the Thunder's rebuilding plans are. Can you think of any other team right now that would take on Chris Paul's contract? Uh, right now, no, but later in the season, possibly. You look at injuries uh, to point guards around the league, or, I mean, the best thing that you can have is Chris Paul play well, stay healthy uh, to start out the season for OKC, have them do a little bit of winning, uh, you know, have him look like a leader out there, whatever. But, yeah, right now, there's no reason to. There's just so many good point guards in the league, and if you don't have a good one, you have a young one. So why are you going to bring on Chris Paul as uh, a $44 million, often injured, uh, what is he, 38? The only thing I can think of that might make sense halfway in the year, and there would have to be a lot of circumstances, one being that Chris Paul just becomes poison for the franchise. He becomes like an Anthony Davis was for the Pelicans. They just dump him off to the Lakers and say, give us anything. We don't care. Yeah, but you have to get the 
the salaries to match. That's the only thing. They, the The problem is to get rid of him, you have to buy him out. And to buy out $40 million or whatever the hell it would be, you're going to pay him to play for another team if you if you dump him. Well. This is a guy who very clearly believes that he's ready to take that next step. And if First goes, team? But first team or second team. But, but, I mean, he knows the numbers now. If you are Ben Simmons, you are locking yourself in the gym, and you're saying, it's time to shoot. Sweet beat. Super sweet beat. That was fellow ESPN summer B-leaguer and greasy cigar salesman lookalike Nick Friedel. Monday, Ben Simmons signed a contract for the maximum he could receive from the 76ers. That's $170 million over five years. All-star Joel Embiid and Al Horford are under contract through 2023, both on five-year deals, totaling more than $250 million. Do you think it was wise for the 76ers to sign Simmons to a similar max deal? Yeah, he's really good. He's really young. He's 22. But Luke, he can't shoot. I know. And in today's NBA, you need a guy that can shoot. I get that. But he can <laughs> do just about everything else. He's 22 years old. They signed him to a $170 million contract. If he makes the first team All-NBA, that goes up to $203 million. That's the reason we're talking about. So they built in a little bit of protection. Is he worth $203 million? Yeah, if he's first-team All-NBA, he is. Is he worth $170 million as is? Probably. So, listen, smart on both sides, and he's exactly right. If he decides to go out there and, uh, you know, get some confidence, take a jump shot, take a 9-footer, and then maybe the following year take a 12-footer, and by the end of the season maybe shoot an 18-footer, oh, my God, he'd be unstopped. Dude, if he had a shot, I'm serious, even just like – if he can shoot like LeBron James, and because honestly, LeBron James is a very average shooter. He really is. Uh, yeah, by today's NBA standards in terms okay. of a three-point shooting, maybe his jump shot is elite, but three-point shooting, sure. LeBron James is a very average three-point shooter. If he even had that, he would be the most dominant guard in the East. Yeah, he'd be, he would be tough to stop. But there, there's your motivation right there. Here's, here's $33 million. Go, be better. It's seven third place uh, All NBA votes. He's also a notable stupid guy, uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Now he's Australian, so he sounds stupid. Oh, wait, is that fair? Oh, is that mean to Aussies? Do you think yeah. I? Do you think I upset our Australian listeners? Well, screw him. <laughs> that one guy. Take that, Jeff. All right, now for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from Iowa. Jerry Foxhoven, the director of Iowa's Department of Human Services, was told to resign after emailing an understandably celebratory email centered on his appreciation for Tupac Shakur. Okay. One more time. Foxhoven was told to vacate his position the next workday after he sent a uh, co-workers, and again, just to tell you, he works for the state of Iowa. Yep. He sent co-workers... Uh, basically this email is saying, Hey, we want to, uh, celebrate Tupac's impeding birthday last month with some catalog spins. Okay. <laughs> it included a photo of Tupac smiling and the inspirational quote, pay no mind to those who talk behind your back. It simply means that you are number two steps ahead of them. Okay. So this guy in Iowa basically got fired who, if you took a look at him right now, he looks like he's the GM of a car dealership sure. for sending a An email happy group birthday associated with the Tupac. State Department of uh, Iowa. Hey, let's all celebrate Tupac's birthday. Hey, guys, uh, I like Tupac. You're fired. 
what the hell? I think it was because of the email group. And here's been my guess, because yeah. I've noodled on this one for a while. I bet the governor was in on that. Yeah? I think the governor opened it, and he goes, what is this crap? Yeah, that, that guy. There's no way this was the first group email. This guy also said, hey, it's my cat's birthday. And he did a, it's Superman's birthday. Guys, Mickey Mouse's birthday. This could, There's no way this was the first email that bothered everybody. He's the one that's always like, who took my sandwich? And then like 30 minutes later, he goes, never mind, found it behind the milk in the fridge. Like, he's constantly sending out emails to the entire distribution list. Do you also think that possibly this guy is the office perv, and they've never had enough evidence until this point, and they go, that, boom, perfect perfect way to fire him. Or he's dating the governor's daughter or something. Yeah. Like he, oh, no, this guy's not dating the governor's daughter. <laughs> you might want to take a look at him. Uh, oh, maybe he's looking at the governor's daughter. Uh, he did something that was not, they couldn't fire him for. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't go, have enough evidence. And so then they're like, dude, this Tupac thing, that's too much. Easy. Yeah, so this is the uh, scapegoat for, for the firing. Yes, his, okay. uh, I can dig it. Jerry Foxhoven, Jerry. which is the furthest thing away from rap music you could have for a name. Um, you mean DJ Foxhoven? You've never heard? I'm not hip on that. No, I don't think that's a thing. Speaking of, and this is from. I'm not uh, hip on anything. This is uh, from Complex, by the way. Speaking on the factors that possibly contributed to his exit, Foxhoven argued that Reynolds, uh, the guy who fired him, wanted to take the department in, quote, a different direction and explained that he personally doubted his public Tupac appreciation was the reason. So I think this is kind of digging deeper. Either it was, in fact, him perving on people, trying to sell the governor's daughter a bad car or something. Yeah. 66-year-old Jerry Foxhoven. Yeah, he does not look like a Tupac uh, listener. But, hey, you know, to each their own. <laughs> Boy. Look All at right. him. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. No, good. he's not. No, no, he's not. He looks like he bowls every weekend, and he brings his wife along because he's like, all right, I have to spend time with her, but she's going to do what I want to do. <laughs> We're not going to go to her friend's. You're coming to my thing. Yeah. He, he looks like he looks like a background extra for like some like corporate merger scene in some movie. And it's like, oh, we need some white haired uh, old white guys to stand in the background. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, turn away from the camera. We just want to see the back of your head. We don't need to see your face. Or maybe for Cialis Plus. Oh, there you go. He's sitting in a bathtub for Cialis Plus. <laughs> no, he's not that guy. He's an extra in all of those things. Like he's at the Moose Lodge for the guy that's taking Cialis. Yeah. But yeah, they're not. Nobody's focusing on Jerry. You mean he's in the background, he's at the lodge, and as the couple walks in who now has the Cialis man, he kind of like puts his paper down and looks a little Whoa, surprised. Oh, yeah, he's like, well, that man. guy's got some pizzazz. Yeah, looks like, look, Bernie really has some pep in his step. Huh, maybe huh. I should consider Cialis I think Plus. about that. Yeah, that's who that guy is. All right, that's your Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by our friends at 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 2454 East Burnside, or 52nd and Woodstock, hour two is next we've got some baseball things we need to discuss back into some more football and i've got another nba tidbit for you we'll do all of those and more in hour two center and saint on 1080 the fan okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.